0: The Return of Heaven's Son. This is the culminating apex of world history, the precursor to eternity. The words in Revelation twenty one 1-7 illuminates Christ establishing His kingdom and reign for 1,000 years after His second coming. During this time, Christ will be the focus for all creation, ruling visibly over the entire world in power, great glory, righteousness, and peace. Join us now as we unravel what to expect and so much more with the return of Heaven's Anointed Son. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, good day, everyone. Hi, this is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Very grateful that you're here on this uh, beautiful evening here in New York. The sun is starting to settle over the ocean, and uh, it's, it's just beautiful. It's picturesque. I hope and trust the same for you, no matter where you are. That you're enjoying a good day, be it morning, afternoon, night, or perhaps it's middle of the night. Doesn't matter. Uh, today we're going to starting to wind down. We're getting in the, in the real home stretch here. We, we've turned the corner to the to the final couple of episodes, where I'm titling this "The Return of Heaven's Anointed Son, Jesus the King." Uh, where we left off was, and, and this is, I should say, this is part of an overarching series that. Uh, that I've been investigating, hopefully with you, and you've been part of some, or if not all, of these broadcasts where I've been investigating the evidence and uh, uh, concerning, or in reference to the second coming or the return of Jesus Christ here on the earth. So we've broken this down into a lot of different areas, uh, and and what we've been doing over the past four broadcasts is looking at Revelation as we enter this home stretch. So where we left off was uh, Jesus had come back to the earth, and Satan and his minions were given their, their final marching orders, at least as far as the, the end uh, of, of this reign of, of mankind as we know it. There's going to be a, a future ending, a final ending, if you will, for Satan himself at the end of the thousand-year reign which is called the millennial kingdom. And that's what we're going to be investigating today. We're going to look into what the Bible has to say about what we are going to be doing and what some of these things will look like, uh, in this thousand year reign, uh, that, that Jesus lays out that it's going to be here on the earth. He is going to be residing in Jerusalem, uh, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. There's going to be what I what I call, and you'll see this later on, where the earth is going to get a tremendous makeover, um, and this is going to be for a thousand year reign, and then after that, uh, we're going to enter into eternity. That is, well, you, everyone will enter into eternity. It's it's where you are is really based upon what your decision is. Um, Listen. If you like subjects like this, or if you if you enjoy topics or the research that we're doing, please hit the like or subscribe button. It really helps us get the message out. Uh, we're on all of the major social media platforms. We have a YouTube channel. We all the uh, all the podcasts. So if you could hit the like or subscribe, and I always ask if you wouldn't mind coming over to the Russick Outlook website and join on our email list. We just notify you when new subjects, new topics are coming out and news that is coming out because I'm going to be talking about writing some more about some current events and and how that may or may not uh line up with what we see in the Bible uh, so again very grateful that you're here so on that note I'm going to jump into King Jesus as he returns to the earth and enters into the millennial kingdom so the millennium a lot of people uh just they they don't they don't know about it, or they've they've heard very little. At least, let me speak for myself. When I was growing up, um, I was raised uh, Catholic, Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, altar boy, and they they just didn't teach a lot on the Bible itself, and in particular, you know, when we get into Revelation and then uh, the millennium, there, there was virtually nothing there that was offered. So I say that from my own personal experience, but also in speaking with a lot of people, and that's why I wanted to break down the book of Revelation the way I have in, in sections and categories, so that you know nobody's really overwhelmed by it. Um, I'm really my my desire is to break this down to give you a uh, high level overview of of the book of Revelation and hopefully an appetite to go back and to learn more, to research more, to read more of the Bible, to read more of Revelation, and and, and the others. So as we've been concentrating on the book of Revelation. I will say that there's minimal information on the millennium in in uh this book with the apostle John. So I will be talking about revelation but I'm also going to uh reference three of the other major prophets Ezekiel, Daniel and Isaiah. Uh mainly Ezekiel and, and Daniel. They they had a fair amount of information that the Lord revealed to them concerning what the millennial kingdom was and what the plans were you know, that's just it. There's not these um, esoteric or, or uh, hard-to-understand hard uh, future endeavors that we're supposed to embark upon. There's a lot of things that are that are pretty clear in the Bible, and if you're following me here on, on uh, video, I wanted to lay some of these things out. Uh, let me just start off with, in terms of the millennium itself— this is the culminating aspect of world history. It's the precursor to eternity because as I said, at the end of the thousand years, we will enter in, enter into an eternal state uh, where you're going to see a new heaven and a new earth. Um, the words in revelation twenty one through seven illuminates Christ establishing his kingdom for a thousand years after his second coming on the earth. So we covered that the last time. We talked about the Battle of Armageddon, how Christ comes at the end, and and how he uh, attains the victory for uh, the kingdom of heaven and brings the kingdom of heaven here down, down on earth with him. During this time, Christ will be the focus of all creation. So that's why I said there's going to be a, a tremendous makeover on planet earth, uh, and he will be ruling visibly over the entire world, Based out of the city of Jerusalem with great glory, righteousness, and peace. So if you are watching this on video' I've, I've kind of given you a little bit of a, a a timeline as to what will happen and you know it starts with the second coming of Christ that that we covered and then there's going to be this almost immediate point where he's going to enter into the judgment of nations and we're we're going to get into that very shortly. Uh, and then the millennium starts. So there's going to be a window, and we'll and we'll cover that in the Book of Daniel, where it's for 75 days. So between the time that uh, Jesus throws Satan in into the abyss, um, and and when the actual millennial reign goes, there's a 75 day window, and I'll break that down for you in a little bit. So if you're looking, you see here, I've just put up some images to represent some of the themes. There is Christ on the Davidic throne, the Davidic throne coming from, from King David. And and obviously, I mean, I'm, hopefully most people know that that is part of the lineage from David up, up through Jesus. In this, there is the removal of the curse because Satan has been locked away. There will be the millennial temple, which we'll cover in pretty good detail. There will be the sacrifices. We'll go into why sacrifices are, are necessary And then at the end of the thousand years, Satan is released for a very short period of time. I'm going to cover that as well. And then you enter into the great white throne judgment where everything and everyone is is judged for all of eternity. And then you will enter into that eternal state where there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, Some of the things that I wanted to bring out here was... There are so many scriptures that I found you can reference to the millennium. And starting with Jesus himself, uh, Matthew 5:19 and 26, I'm going to read from you, uh, oh also, I'm sorry, uh, Luke 22:18 in the New Testament, and Mark 14:25. Uh, but I wanted to read for you what Zechariah has to say in 14:9. He says, "The Lord will be king over the whole earth." On that day, there will be one Lord and his name, the only name. So Jesus the Christ is the name above all names, and he will be reigning in this day. Um, And I I cite you so many other scriptures in Isaiah, Micah, Joel, Amos, uh, 1 Corinthians, Daniel, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel, Psalm 2, 6 through 9, uh, and and Revelation 20. So there, there is plenty of scriptures to substantiate what goes on, what happens during the millennium, and again, I'm just going to giving you a what I what I like to refer to as a high level overview. But these are here for you to do some of your own research as well. So hopefully that gives you kind of a a, a flavor for what's what's going to happen. So as I said, one of the first things that happens is the nations are judged, and many people um, should be familiar with this, but. Uh, Jesus breaks this down as separating the sheep from the goat, and this would be readily understood by the people of that day, because Jesus being our eternal shepherd, um, and he cares for the flock, but a a shepherd in those days, and would still be the case today, if you have a uh, sheep and goats, you need to keep them separate. They don't necessarily do well together, particularly at feeding time, and when they sleep. So the shepherd needs to keep them separate. Uh, goats are a little bit more feisty. Uh, sheep are a little bit more docile, laid back, almost, you know, kind of a little bit more carefree and easygoing. And uh, so that's why you need to keep them separate. They're, they're two different personalities, but they're important, uh, obviously, to the shepherd. So in I'm going to be referencing this. It's a very, very... Uh, popular, famous, however you want to call it for uh, scripture, that that Jesus lays out what will happen when he returns to the earth. This is Jesus's own words. And it says in Matthew 25, 31 through 46, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. So we we know that this is what we've, what we've been talking about leading up to this point. And for the blue highlight here, all the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. So you see very clearly he he wants to separate them for this reason. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. This goes back to the point that Jesus is preparing this for you. If you are a believer in Jesus, he has prepared this to you. And he says, goes on to say, why? Because he says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick. You looked after me and I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? They're thinking, him directly, or thirsty and give you something to drink. When did we see you a a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you when you were sick in prison and go visit you? And Jesus replies, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters— and, and the, the, the word or the translation of the King Je- Jesus is my brethren. This is the Jewish believers. He said, whatever you did for these, my brethren, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So he's, he's rewarding them for what they have done and how they have cared for and, and how they have blessed uh, the people of God. And then he, it's, it's the complete flip side for the goats, and I'll I'll just kind of highlight the green here it says then he will say to those on his left depart from me you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels notice that he's prepared for you uh, as a believer an eternal kingdom a a a a place in heaven that where I you know I there's no way I could possibly uh give justice to words and and we'll get into that in the last broadcast between heaven and hell But just notice he prepared that for you. And what is hell prepared? Hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not prepared for man, but yet if you've rejected Christ, that eventually will be your eternal destination. So there's a clear distinction there. It comes down to personal choice. What do you choose? Do you choose the righteousness, the blood of Jesus, or do you choose the work of the enemy? Uh, Because, I'm sorry, that's, you know, that, that's as simple as I can get it. Um, so then he goes on to the same thing that I just described about the, the stranger and clothing him and feeding them. And he said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, You know, that's what you didn't do. This is what the goats didn't do. So he will, he, and he says it here, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me, then they will go away to the eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So it's, it's pretty clear he's separating the sheep from the goats and, and he's saying, you who are believers, who are fellow uh, uh, brethren, uh, you you will have an eternal life with him and you who are not, you're destined to an eternal fire or eternal place of, of torment. So that is the judgment of the nations that happens just prior to the to the entrance of the millennium. Okay, so now that the nations have been judged, I'm going to give you uh, some overview of some of the things that we can, or we know what will happen during the, the millennium. I'm first going to cite the book of Revelation, since this is really what we were concentrating on. Revelation chapter 20, I saw thrones on, I'm sorry, verse 4, I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge, and I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years." So this is what we would call the second resurrection. These, this is specifically about people who came to Jesus during the tribulation, who were on Earth, gave their lives, did not take the mark of the beast, did not worship Satan, but rather worship Jesus, and were killed for it. There were martyrs that were beheaded, um, and, and you know, killed in in, in in other methods. And what Jesus is saying here is that they have been risen to, again to life at the end of, of uh, uh, um, that this reign here just as as Jesus is about to embark on the thousand years and they will enter into this millennium with them so this is what you would call the second resurrection the first was when you had the, uh, the saints go up uh, just prior to the church in the rapture and then you have this here you're going to have a third resurrection at the end of uh, the millennium as well jumping over to verse 7 continuing in Revelation chapter 20 when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. Remember, he's in the Abyss or Tartarus, and he will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, revisiting Gog and Magog, different people, same general area. I assume that's because of spirits uh, that, that were there in that part of the world, Um We'll be getting in. I'm not even going to go down that road. I can't. I can't. We will be getting into that that in the future in, in terms of uh, what we know about spirits. Um, and he will gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. So clearly there is going to be an overwhelming, abundant number, a high quantity of, a large population of people that will enter or embark in a partnership with Satan. And it says that they are numbered like the sand on the seashore. So that's not a small number. So these are the people who will reject God in the millennium. Uh, But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever because they're being poured into the place that was created for them. God made this eternal hell, uh, this lake of fire, where the, the beast and the false prophet were during this thousand years. Satan was in the abyss, released for a short time, and very quickly the Lord snuffs this out, and, and, and that, that's it. You know, it's, it's not nearly as long, obviously, as, as what Satan had from the time of creation up until the return of Jesus. I wanted to jump over to Isaiah because it says something very interesting uh, and important to note, I I believe, uh, concerning the millennium. And, And I'm reading from Isaiah 65, verse 20. It says, Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be a mere child. So if you're 100 years old, you're a child. But what means? What does that mean if you've died at 100 or earlier? The one who fails to reach 100 will be considered accursed. So this will be, uh, the, 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 this army that joins Satan at the end will be an army of the youth. Uh, they will be 100 years and older. So it's also citing here that health and longevity will be prevalent and will be ruling here uh, on the earth, because remember too, there will be. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know the number. I, I'm going to say probably millions of people who are alive when Jesus returns and enters the millennium. That they've never known death. They've never known heaven or hell. That they go straight from the earth into uh, eternity. We know that there's at least 144,000, um, but but there are others that we know because. We know that the uh, angel called out the believers from Babylon to get out of there before uh, Babylon was destroyed. So, uh, you know, we we have that to to consider. So that's kind of setting the stage a little bit for some of the things that will be happening. This will be an an incredible planet, a beautiful planet, um, and we're going to break that down for you. But uh, also know that, you know, that it's not going to be all... The righteousness of Jesus until this thousand years is over, at which point heaven and earth will pass away, uh, but my word remains. That's what the, the word of God says. That's what Jesus said, uh, and and we'll break that down in the last broadcast. We're going to break down uh, what we can expect in eternity. So I'm going to look at Daniel here, and I'm, I want you to do a little bit of math with me. So we all, hopefully, we know that 1,260 days represents Uh, through the three and a half years. So the last three and a half years, the Great Tribulation uh, is that 1,260 days. So I'm reading from Daniel chapter 12 here. I'm reading the Amplified um, 11 through 13. But this is what the angel Gabriel reveals to Daniel. From the time that the regular sacrifice, which is the daily burnt offering, is taken away. So that daily sacrifice is happening right up through the midpoint of the tribulation. Remember, that's the agreement Satan wor- works out with, with the Jewish people. They have their temple. It's on the temple mount. They have the regular sacrifices going, but then the abomination of desolation comes at the halfway point of the tribulation, and, and that's the point where it says it's taken away. The abomination of desolation is setting up, ruining the temple for worship for the true God. There will be 1,290 days so he's added thirty days onto the twelve sixty so from the time of the abomination of desolation is twelve sixty to the end when Jesus returns <coughs> excuse me, and then there's another thirty days. not sure what that is yet, but I want to cite that out and and uh, if you're following me on on video i've I've gotten this I've got this highlighted for you. then it goes on to say how blessed, happy fortunate spiritually prosperous. And, beloved, is he who waits expectantly uh, and and comes to the 1,335 days. So, just the verse beforehand, he's saying 1290 days. Now he's saying 1335. But as for you, Daniel, go your way until the end of your life, for you will rest and rise again for your allotted inheritance comes to you at the end of the age. So, what I'm pointing out here is there's... This 1,290 days, then it goes to 1335. So if you follow me on the right on video or if you're listening on, on podcast, this explains the prophetic timetable that these tribulation saints, from the midpoint of the tribulation, the sacrifice is abolished, to the end of the seventh week, which is coming to the, to the second advent. This time was previously revealed to, to Daniel to be 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years, but Gabriel now says there will be 1,290 days. Likewise, he explains how blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1335. So I take that extra 30 days and 45 days, and I have 75 days. So there's this interim period that happens of 75 days between uh, Jesus coming back, putting Satan in, 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 the, uh, in the abyss and uh, um, uh, the this, this sentencing of, of the false prophet and, and the beast. Now there's a 75-day window. Since judgment of the nations follows the second advent and precedes the entrance of the saints, it, uh, it must occupy in this interim period. So what we just covered with the judgment of the nations, that happens in the 75-day window. And, and that's being borne out here by, by Daniel. Other events may occupy this time period, such as the elevation of the millennial Jerusalem, the building of the temple. I give you the scriptural references here of Isaiah, Ezekiel, and Zechariah. The dedication of the temple will require a functioning priesthood to be on site so that it's likely the work of the temple will take place once the kingdom has commenced. Why are those that made it through the 1335 so blessed? They made it right into the millennial kingdom, and for the Jewish people, they would say, "Praise Yeshua." For the Gentiles, they would say, "Praise Jesus," or "Jesus" if you're Spanish, or whatever it is in whatever language that you may uh, that, that may be native to you. So, I wanted to point out exactly this this 75-day window where this comes from. It comes from the Book of Daniel, and it covers that interim period. Just going again now to Ezekiel, I wanted to read here what it says. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. So the Lord's telling you, you're going to get a new heart and a new spirit. This is Ezekiel 18.31. When does this play, take place? Right after the Antichrist desecrates the temple. So at this midpoint, the Jewish people see that you know they can't trust Satan. He's desecrated. He's called himself God in the temple. Um, He's defiled it, so they realize that they cannot get into covenant, they do not get into relationship with him, and they they flee to the wilderness. This is also the time that you have the 144,000 Jewish witnesses that are sealed by the the angels, protected of God, uh, that that we've already covered in, in Revelation 7. And the believers of this also refers to the believers. I'm sorry that what Jesus refers to as the brethren in Matthew 25:40. You know when we talked about the judgment of the nations, this is those Jewish believers. So you have this time from the three and a half year period. They realize, uh-oh, we made a mistake in getting into covenant or a peace treaty with with Satan. And this is the beginning where the Lord starts to turn the hearts. Uh, of the Jewish people, as well as, you know, the Gentiles that are there. So what happens now is you're entering the millennium, and here we see the Gentiles and the Jewish believers come together, which now constitutes the whole house of Israel, where they're joined together as one. I wanted to read to you some things that back it up from Ezekiel 37, and it says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, take a stick of wood and write on it belonging to Judah and the Israelites associated with him. Then take another stick of wood and write on it, belonging to Joseph, that is to Ephraim, and all of the Israelites associated with him. Join them together into one stick so that they will become one in your hand. When your people ask you, won't you tell us what you mean by this? Say this to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to take the stick of Joseph, which is in Ephraim's hand, and of the Israelite tribes associated with him, and join it to Judah's stick. I will make them into a stick of wood. They will become one in hand. Hold before their eyes the sticks you have written and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone. I will gather them from all around, bring them back to their own land, make them one nation in their land, in the mountains of Israel, There will be one king over all of them, and they will never again be two nations or be divided into two kingdoms. This is one nation. They will no longer defile themselves with their idols and vile images or any offenses. I will save them from their sinful backsliding, and I will cleanse them. They will be my people, and I will be their God. And just closes here uh, in in 37, uh, I believe this is 27 and 28, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant. I will establish them and increase their numbers. I will put my sanctuary among them forever. My dwelling place will be with them. I will be their God. They will be my people. The nations will know that I am the Lord who makes Israel holy when my sanctuary is among them forever. So there you have it. There the Lord sealed the covenant, and then you enter into the in, in, into the covenant with Jesus. You have the Gentiles and the Jews. You have the nation of Israel, the city of Jerusalem. It's all coming together. So in that, you also have the new temple where the Lord will dwell and reign. Um, and it was interesting, too, I believe I, I, I'm so excited that, you know, during this time, there will be, you know, the developments or the preparations for this temple. So Ezekiel chapters forty through forty-eight goes through this in, in great detail. So I've just kind of given you some of the highlights, some of the specifications. I, I have a drawing that's laid out here of how, how this will look when you have the inner, much like you know what we know as far as the temple uh, of what was described from Solomon's temple to Herod's temple. Then you have the third temple, and then this one. Uh, you have the inner court, the altar, the holy place, and the most holy place, or the holy of holies. You still have the priest chambers, and, 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 and it goes on if you're so, um, you know, if you're watching this on video, you can see it. And then there's also an artist's rendition to the right of it of what that may look like at this time. Some of the uh, Some of the points I just wanted to bring out here, why are there sacrifices in the millennium? Because remember, you had the temple sacrifices that were going on in the Temple Mount before Jesus returned, you're still going to have this sin remains, and I give you the scriptures of how we know sin remains here at this point in time during this thousand years, and we covered this really. Uh, this is for the ministry of the Holy Spirit, for the presence of God, the memorial in nature of the death of Messiah, and so forth. What are the purposes of the temple? This provides a throne for God among his people. And this the difference here is Jesus himself will be here. It will reflect God's holiness by its walls of separation and courts. And again, I give you the scriptural references. Some of the comparative differences, just they, they, they stick out. Um, the Mosaic system versus the Ezekiel system. So we're talking about how it was laid out and been described uh, or written down by Moses. And and then the difference of what we are to expect in the new millennium with Ezekiel, for instance, you had the Ark of the Covenant. There will never, be, there will not be a need for the Ark of the Covenant. I should say, you had the Table of the Law. There's no Table of the Law here. You have the Cherubim. There are no Cherubim. The Mercy Seat, no Mercy Seat, veil, no veil, candlestick, and so forth. So all of the things that we were accustomed to seeing, we won't see here. Why? Because Jesus Himself will be here. Um. Then, just a side note, when I said heaven on earth will get a makeover, I am a big animal lover. And, and for those animal lovers out here, I just love, love, love this scripture uh, from Isaiah 11, 6. As he describes what, what we can expect in the millennium. It says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf, the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. So here you're going to have tamed animals and and uh, you know I, there's so many other scriptures and a lot of it you know w- w- was cited when I when I rattled those off in the beginning you can look this up There will be world peace and there will not have to be needs for a beauty pageant for someone to recite it uh there literally will be world peace and and Jesus will bring that there will be a lush and beautiful and majestic biosphere Uh, much, you know, something that we've never seen or experienced. And, you know, the only close thing that we can think of is what our imaginations might take us to uh, the descriptions of of, of the land of Adam and Eve. There will be perpetual health and longevity. And we covered that and, you know, what the scriptures had to say there. So these are some of the things that this heaven is going to have this makeover. Jesus will reign with us. We will have this wonderful, beautiful time with family, with animals uh, and and just all of these incredible things but <clears throat> let me say as i said sim will be there just as i said there will be so many people that will enter the millennium who were alive during the tribulation those people uh, will be having children those people will be having children in the millennium those pe those children will have to come and make decisions and it looks like a lot of them will be Choosing no or saying no to Jesus. So, you know, just be aware of that. That's just something else to think about. Uh, let me close because this is really ends the book of Revelation for me. I'm going to do one more broadcast about all of this because I want to describe to you what heaven and hell, what eternity is, what the Bible has to say. Because I promise you, there are things there. There's so many people. You know, what do you be doing in heaven? Well, I'm going to be just kind of floating around. I'm going to have my gown and this. No, no, no. There's so much difference. So I'm going to break that down in the last broadcast. But I want to close because this is really about the end of Revelation. And I thank you for your time here. Um, But I I wanted to read the epilogue, which is an invitation and a warning. And it says, and, and I'm reading here, Revelation 22, 12 through 21. It says, look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus. So he's saying, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. We have rewards coming. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this scroll. If anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in the scroll. If anyone takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life in the holy city which are described in this scroll. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Count me in as one who testifies. Yes, Jesus is coming soon. And it says, it closes with, Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. I can't get more to script than that, uh, or Jesus can, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's your choice. It's your decision. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you have a relationship with Jesus. If you don't... Uh, you know, search Jesus out, ask the Lord, ask the Lord into your heart. it's that simple um ask the Lord, Lord, I'm a sinner, please come and 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 reign in my life i mean it's that simple uh you you can reach out to your local churches to you know there's plenty of resources online you know f- get find somebody who knows who knows the word who is a Christian, if you're not. Or if you have any additional questions, comments, concerns, uh, you know, you, you, you can always not only reach out to your local uh, churches, but uh, you, you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll, I'll give you, it's basically, you can email me, russicoutlook at uh, gmail.com. So, this is the end of the book of Revelation. This is the end of, of the return or the certainty of the return of Jesus Uh, Again, I'm going to do one more broadcast because I think it's really important to break down heaven and hell. What we can expect, what we know, there's very, very clear descriptions about what we what we can expect and what we're going to be doing. So I I I don't want to leave you without that. Thank you again, as always, for your time. Uh, I'm very, very grateful. I hope, I trust, I pray that some of the words that you heard here helps you, uh, helps build your faith, gives you or nurtures you in some way or another um, because I've read so much scripture and and the scripture would go forth and I pray that it produces a harvest in you. So thank you again for your time. Uh, Questions, comments, email me, russickoutlook at gmail.com. I hope to catch you on the next broadcast where we talk about eternity, heaven, and hell. God bless. Bye-bye. Oh, how can I close without my closing uh, segue of I am Mark Russick, You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion.